0: This week's edition of Debriefing the Law. I am Joel Oster.
1: I'm Chris Morone. Hey I
0: hope you noticed I am sporting my KU Jayhawks rock chalk Jayhawk. It is now the start Jayhawk. of college basketball season. Woo! It, Let's it go. Started better uh, for us. Uh, hey, you know what? Go ahead and just cancel the NCAA tournament. It's already been decided. Uh, KU is going to be national champions. You heard it here. Not first, but everyone else has been saying it. That's how good yep. KU is. So last night, I know we are recording this on Wednesday. I stayed up late yep. because my Ooh. KU Jayhawks were playing the UK Wildcats, University of Kentucky Wildcats. It's oh. not. I, it's KU and UK. Why people can't get that, I don't understand. I was in in F- Disney. I went to Florida on a vacation right after the, the um, uh, Final Four many years ago. I had my hat that said yeah. KU, and KU had just played in a championship game. And someone there said, oh, oh hey, you're a Kentucky Paul? fan. No, it says KU, not UK. But hey, it's over with Chris.
1: Hey, not everybody, not everybody loves sports the way that we do. And You know, remember when Kentucky was a good team? Hey,
0: Kentucky is ranked. They are going to be a serious contender by the end of the year. They got a lot of uh, freshmen. uh, Coach Calipari went back to his old ways of the one-and-doneers, and so – they look very impressive. In fact, they had KU on the ropes all okay. night long, but we stole Michigan big man, Hunter Dickinson. He was amazing. 27 points, Love 20 it. rebounds. Give him wow. the National Player of the Year as well. This thing is done. <laughs> and uh, so it's One Rock Chalk Jayhawk time. College basketball is here. Get your brackets ready. So,
1: oh, for Well, yeah, we're going to do it, right? <laughs> this year, Final Fours in Phoenix. We're going to be here. We're going to have to do in it. your
0: guest room right now. I am going to be there. there. I am going to support my Jayhawks. Even if I can't get tickets, which I doubt I'll be able to. We'll
1: get tickets. Oh, no. No, no. No, no. You can get tickets. We'll get tickets. Oh, yeah. It's in Phoenix, man. This is my home. This, this is my is place. It, man. We can do this. I am this.
0: playing golf, and I am going to be watching my KU Jayhawks play in the Final Four. That will be amazing. So I'm sporting my Rock yep. Chalk uh, hoodie this morning uh, just to support my, my team. All right. But I want to go over another real pressing issue it, it kept me up uh many, many nights this night. past week is I was worried about the Chiefs. I'm a huge Chiefs fan and uh it, it has it's not been a secret that the Chiefs Are kind of helter skelter this year. They play a lot better when a certain fan is in attendance than when the certain fan is not in attendance. I have no idea why that is. Well, no, we know exactly why that is.
1: It's because Travis when Joel is in attendance. When Joel is in attendance at Chiefs game, the Chiefs went out for Joel but not when he's not when
0: Travis Kelsey is a head case. We love him here at Kansas city, oh, but the fact is he's always been a head case. We have known in years past when Travis Kelsey did not look right. It's like, what's going on. We then realize. Oh yeah. His birthday was this last week, and he was out drinking all night long and partying, because that's just kind of the guy that Travis Kelsey is. He is somewhat of a head case, in fact, so much so that when he was drafted, Andy Reid had to call Travis Kelsey's brother, Jason Kelsey, whom Reid drafted when he was the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles coach, so he knew Jason Kelsey and said, Hey, can you keep your brother in line? Should we draft him? Is he going to be okay for us? So he had that reputation even coming to the nfl right so uh we, we, he's somewhat of a head case in fact the entire Chiefs are somewhat head cases they'd like to go right, right. in attendance like, be fair it gets them psyched fair. up here's where i'm going with this chris the super bowl now, i know it's too early to count your chickens here but let's just go there and a the
1: super bowl is well i mean look at the afc right now bill's lost to the broncos Like the Bengals lost. I, you know, the AFC is kind of falling apart right now. We're going to get there
0: when we do our, we're now doing a comedian of law, top five teams. And we did an initial one last week. Boy, did we uh, jinx some teams that did not look good for a lot of teams. You're right. They're, they're, they're they're like Mm -hmm. losing. And it's inexplicable why some of these teams are losing. So the chiefs are still there. People say, Oh, the chiefs, Mike, what's wrong with the chiefs offense? You're playing horrible. Yeah, so bad that our quarterback is still number three in the rankings, probably the favorite to right. win the MVP game. Oh, yeah, that's right. If the, play, if the season ended today, we'd have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. That's how bad we are doing. We are number one in the oh, yeah. driver's Horrible. slot. All right.
1: Horrible. That
0: being said, let's just kind of look ahead to the Super Bowl. And the thought is, well, would Taylor Swift be in attendance at the Super Bowl? Will, will the Chiefs have that swift of advantage? So I did some checking this week, and I noticed that. that Taylor Swift starts her Tokyo tour on February 7th. Chris, that crushed me. Do you know when the Super Bowl is? February,
1: February 7th. February
0: 11th. So let's take a look at this. Let's, let's, let's dig in this. You, you heard it here first. That's why we are, are going to unpack these issues and get breaking, to the heart of it. She starts her Tokyo tour February 7th. And then she has, I believe, here five four straight dates: February 7th, February 8th, February 9th, February 10th, which is a Saturday. Okay. All there in yeah. Tokyo. So apparently she's a lot of Swifties there in Tokyo. She then has six days off until February 16th, where she has to show up in Melbourne. Chris, am I in the clear or are we in trouble? Can Taylor Swift do her last appearance? In Tokyo on February 10th and make it to the Super Bowl on February 11th.
1: So I'm looking right now online. The flight from Tokyo to Las Vegas is roughly, with no stops, 18 and a half hours.
0: No stop. Uh, Wait a second. Are you saying that's the flight flight? or are you time or actual clock time?
1: That's like from takeoff to landing is 18 and a okay. half hours. For us normal folk who have to go on an airline, you know and get to get to Turkish Airways or get to whoever we're flying, Air, air Japan or wherever, so let's say Taylor has a private jet, not out That's uh, not a bad thing of an assumption. I,
0: I, let's go with that one.
1: So if it's 18 and a half hours in the air in a regular 787, Uh, you know, Boeing 787 aircraft or a triple seven aircraft. Let's drop that down to a G 14 or a G 16 Gulfstream 16 aircraft doing the quick calculations in my head. It's probably a 16 to 15 hour flight. If she goes directly and ends the show at midnight, Tokyo time gets on a 15 hour flight to Las Vegas. She could make it there by kickoff because of the time she crosses over the international. I looked at that. So she'll be fine. Should I looked fine.
0: at that. It is 17-hour time differential uh, be between fine. Tokyo and, and Las Vegas. 17 hours. So you're right. When she ends Too it, easy. her concert, let's just say midnight, it would be right. like, you know... Uh, it's
1: oh. midnight on Saturday. Early in Saturday May morning. Al- in- 11, 9 a.m. Saturday yes. morning. All
0: right. There you go. She actually can do it.
1: No. Midnight on... Yeah, midnight on Saturday would be... 9 a.m. Saturday morning for us. It is possible. So she can take that flight. It could, can... Bro, with love, anything is possible. There you
0: go. So, hey, Usher is the one that's supposed to be performing at halftime at the Super Bowl. You, Usher, make room because Taylor Swift will be able to be there, and she is going to overshadow your performance. You might as well put her in, and now I can rest assured, sleep well, because Taylor Swift can be in appearance there at the Super
1: Bowl. Oh, man. I think she'd be too much of a basket case to pr- to perform at halftime, <laughs> right? Because this is what's going to happen. You're going to hear it here first, folks. Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Kelsey's going to catch for three Super Bowl touchdowns, leading your Chiefs to victory. He's going to be named MVP. MVP. She's coming out. He's coming. She's coming out on the field. The ring is going to come out <laughs> on national television, and America's love story is solidified in the things that we love: great football, head cheerleader pop stars the biggest stage in the wow. world it's going to be an amazing super i can bowl. hear you and i are going to be crying we're just we're going to be so happy for them and the chiefs it's, oh, i'm getting emotional. oh my goodness! i can it. hear him
0: say it now he's going to grab the mic because he was kelsey knows how to grab the mic he's going to say you know what Absolutely. i got a ring today by winning the super bowl that is not the most important ring today he's gonna pull out of his back pocket a ring and say taylor swift oh my goodness this is it's, it's gonna happen right
1: somewhere He's going to have that ring on him the entire game, which is going to be the fuel for the Travis Kelsey MVP run of the Super Bowl. Man.
0: All right. Whew. So it is possible. We have done the math. Chill. She can do her last concert there in Tokyo. Hop on her private jet. I doubt she's going to fly Southwest. She doesn't have to worry about getting in line. It'll be a private jet. And it will. Right. I just love how these superstars live. So actually, Travis Kelsey got some kudos this last week. Because he's taken care of Taylor Swift by buying a new mansion here in Kansas City for $6 million because she needs her privacy. So it's like, that must be nice to do. <laughs> it's like, some guys might open the car door for the, you know that woman or whatever. But no, he bought a new $6 million mansion.
1: How? Look, man. How, how are regular dudes going to compete in this world with Travis Kelsey? He's not... Like I love, there's an internet meme going around right now where it's Travis and Jason at Cincinnati. Like when Travis was a freshman and Jason was like a, a junior, and the caption is one of these is the front runner for sexiest man alive, and the other one's dating Taylor Swift, and they look like jabronis, right? right? You know, you, you remember what you look like at 18, and you think you're tough, you're... right? And it's like how 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 are regular? <laughs> like, granted, I don't have this problem. I have an amazing wife that I am never ever 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 gonna leave. But how are some of these other dudes going to compete with, like, that? It's amazing. Right? Like, dudes are going to be delusional now. Like, the guy that's, you know, playing tight end for, you know, Chico State or Sacramento State or something is going to be like, I'm going to end up with Taylor Swift There's a lot of pressure on this. Me and Selena
0: Gomez. There's a lot of pressure on this relationship because, Travis Kelce, if you mess this up, that means now the entire focus and ire of the Swifties Will be on not just right. you, but your Kansas City Chiefs, and that's personal. So you better not mess this one up,
1: right? And you know what I love out of all of this? We know that Taylor Swift isn't going <laughs> to screw this up. We know Travis Kelsey's going to fumble this ball. <laughs> it's just
0: no. Like, don't say that.
1: Just tra- Travis, man. You hey, you know what? You know what else is inspirational about Travis is he had a friendship bracelet and a and a platform, and he shoot his shot. And he made it from half court. There you go. So, men, it just takes 15 seconds of insane courage, and you, too, can get the girl in the And a $6
0: million uh, you know, bachelor pad, I guess.
1: Uh, yeah, some of those. Box your weight. Box your weight, man. Just boxing your own That's weight
0: right. class. Hey, uh, we got some interesting legal news to discuss. Uh, a lot yeah. of legal news in sports. But let's start off with the United States Supreme Court because they decided this last top. week to adopt a, a set of rules, a code of conduct that will govern their their actions. And this has been in the news a lot this last year due to, uh, well, for one, Clarence Thomas, but it was many other justices as well. But, of course, the media likes right. to focus on Clarence Thomas. Now, oh look, he is committing ethical violations. He accepted some money from a, a sort of... GOP megadonor which by the way this person's name I think actually legally is GOP megadonor because every time you ever heard him referred to it was GOP megadonor well he gave right. um uh, he, he gave Clarence Thomas a lot of lavish trips also I think um bought his mother's uh, property there in Georgia, let the mother stay in it, things like that. Everyone was in uproar over, oh my goodness, look, can you believe these ethical violations that Clarence Thomas is engaging in? To which my response was, hold your horses. Do you even know what you are saying? Because there is nothing wrong with getting paid. Chris, I get paid for what I do. You get paid for what you do. Football players get paid for what they do. There's nothing wrong with getting money. What we don't like are twofold, two things. I want to just lay this out there before we dig into this code. There's two mm-hmm. ethical considerations that play here. One is we don't want public service for sale. So we don't want anyone in public service to be saying, look, I do a public service. I'm, I rule on cases. Your access to this public service depends upon you paying me money. We don't like that. That's, oh, that's horrible. That is unethical. Everyone will agree with that. There's a secondary thought, which is we don't even like the appearance of impropriety. So let's not make any bones about it. What we're talking about here is not that Clarence Thomas's vote was for sale. I've yet to hear anyone say that Clarence Thomas's vote was for sale. In fact, his vote is the most consistent, predictable vote on the U.S. Supreme Court. And no one is suggesting his vote is for sale. It's the appearance. We don't like the look of it. So I just want to make sure we understand what we are talking about. So, Chris... I do know the the Supreme Court decided to come up with its own code this last week. And basically what they said was, hey, you know the code that we've been following for the last, you know, whatever, 100 years, informally, so we, we are bound by these, we follow these, these codes of conduct and, and ethics. Yeah. yeah, we're still going to follow them. We're just going to write them down. And that's, that's what we're going to follow. I know you have some thoughts on, on this, and so I'm going to give the floor to you to say, do you like the fact that the Supreme Court has now adopted a code of conduct?
1: Sort of, kind of, maybe. I was When I was a, a wee lass, when I was a young, young, young man, um, we were taught about three branches of government, right? We were taught about the legislative, the judicial, and the executive branch. And we were taught that America was based on these three branches of government for specific reasons. One, separation of powers, and two, checks and balances, right? The, the judiciary checks the executive and the legislative. The legislative has power over the judiciary to appoint and, and confirm and to impeach, and the circle continues, right? There is no check on the Supreme Court's code, code of ethics, There's no enforcement – there's no mechanism for enforcement. Let's talk about that.
0: You're saying there's no method of enforcement. What do you mean by that?
1: Right. So reading through the Code of Ethics, essentially Chief Justice Roberts laid out what is ethical and what isn't ethical for the Supreme Court. and. I will give it to him. I read the code of ethics and it's a very clear cut. This is what you can do, right? We don't do bribes. We don't we want to avoid any sort of impropriety perception. We want to make sure public perception is is, you know, is favorable towards the court, that they have faith, that our rulings are in good faith, especially if they're super controversial or if there's something that may go against public opinion, which the court has done before, right? And um, you know, Brown versus Board of Education is our throwback go-to that the court unanimously decided that segregated schools was unconstitutional, which was incredibly unpopular at the time. So unpopular, right? We had race riots. We had another talk of succession. We had years and years and years of, of legal cases and people trying to skirt the issue. So I understand that the way that the court is perceived is important, but also that public perception in itself cannot be the mechanism by which enforces against the court because the Constitution is clear on due process, equal protection, things to that okay, effect. So you, Chris, but, you're a
0: lawyer and I'm a lawyer. So what you're saying here <clears throat> is that if right. we commit an ethical violation, there is a code that enforces it against us because and someone will say, hey, you committed a violation. It goes in front of a body. They do some due process on that. There's a, a hearing on it. Mm-hmm. There's a ruling. We can appeal right. that ruling. And I guess you're saying that there is no – Method uh, to enforce no it, this code of conduct on the Supreme Court justices. right?
1: And I'm not – and I'm taking this in an abstract view, right? I'm not going to say that what Clarence Thomas did, though personally I believe was uh, is in violation of ethics codes, I, I don't – I'm not going to try to say we need to prosecute Clarence Thomas. What I'm trying to say is that there are nine justices on the Supreme Court that are answerable to no one, which is a little bit of the point because we don't want political influence on the court. But we don't have a due process mechanism to say, hey, what you're doing is improprietist. There's clear-cut cases, right? If I took cash for votes, right? Everybody's going to say cash for votes. That's improprietist. Let's get them down. Um, one day, Keegan jumps across the desk and stabs to death John Roberts. Yes, that's an impeachable offense. Let's get rid of – You know, that's not important. But like for us, right, as lawyers, we have very – niche ethical rules that we have to follow that sometimes we get really close to that line with. And there's no mechanism for us as, as a, in in, in any sort of way, there's no mechanism as the U S government or us as people to say, Hey, I think that justice Sotomayor skirted that line a little too close. Can we have an independent body examine whether or not this action Is in line with their code of conduct, or should she be sanctioned, censured, something to that effect? Let's unpack that. Why
0: is there no uh, enforcement provision? I think that's one of the reasons why there's not been a code for so long, because there are some real separation of power issues. Can the Supreme Court give over power over their, their body? To Congress, well, that would put Congress now over the Supreme Court, and now they can control some of the decisions. Oh, we don't like your decision in this particular case. We are the Democratic Party, we're the Republican Party. We're going to now start, you know, uh, inquiry into what you did. So it you can't just hand
1: that over to the uh, to
0: another branch of government. That's going to be abused.
1: Oh, one thousand percent is that going? That's abused now, right? People are one issue voters, and sometimes that issue is. I'm judges. not
0: even sure the Supreme Court themselves can discipline themselves. Here's what I mean by that. Yes, the Constitution right. gives us a chief justice and gives us a Supreme Court, but there's also means right. to, re- to appoint them, confer them, and to remove them. Right. Well, so the Supreme right. Court themselves can't take out a justice because they don't like their rules. The they only enforcement right. mechanism under the Constitution, which is the, go- the document we're governed by, that governs this, It's impeachment. That is the only enforcement mechanism. So Chris, isn't it possible that this code of conduct might aid and facilitate an impeachment proceeding? Hey, look, you violated this code of conduct. You, we all, you all agree. This was an important code of conduct. You violated rule 502. And therefore now this is the subject of an impeachment proceeding.
1: Kind of, but look at what impeachment has come for the president, right? If, 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 impeachment proceedings which have to run through Congress right now again we're putting Congress over the Supreme Court so they could just bring in and I've said it once and I said it a thousand times the House of Representatives should have absolutely zero power and, and it is an absolute waste of everyone's time because it's elected every two years by a group of 70,000 people and people are stupid so trying to put like let's let's run this let's run this out real quick we're going to have an impeachment proceeding on Neil Gorsuch, right? A non, let's say non-controversial middle of the road, sort of guy, right? We're going to have an impeachment proceeding on Neil Gorsuch. Our committee from the U S house of representatives is Marjorie Taylor Green, Lauren Brobert, um, Alexandria Asacio Cortez, Hakeem Jeffries. That's your four person panel. Explain to me, in any sort of reality, how that is not a political panel exercising undue force on the I Supreme think Court.
0: exactly what the Supreme Court has been concerned about over these many years. is right. like, who does enforce this code? We can't enforce right. it. They can't enforce it. And the only real enforcement mechanism here is public perception. And I think that's a real one. There's been a lot of threat of court packing of late. By the way, court packing is... It does not require a constitutional amendment. Uh, The Supreme Constitution says that there'll be as many justices as Congress determines. So you have to have a court. Right. But beyond maybe one chief justice, then the number of justices is up to Congress. So Congress could pack the court. Now, there is an argument that maybe Congress cannot take away. Justices. So let's say right. we have nine justices now. If if the Congress passes a law that says we're going to reduce that number to seven, and by the way, that was tried in 1803, uh, the thought there is, right. okay, you're going to reduce that number from nine to seven, but you can't fire anyone. So that just means the next two times there are openings, they don't get filled. But you can actually remove right. a justice without going through an impeachment proceeding.
1: Right. So, So let's do that. Right. Let's say Congress lowers it from nine to seven um, for any sort of court packing. Right. You need to have a majority in all three houses. Right. You need to have a Democratic president. You need to have a Democratic Senate. and You need to have a Democratic Congress. That's or right. flip side Republican. Right. Either side has to be in charge of all three branches of government. And as we have learned, we have learned when Republicans are in control of all three branches of government, nothing gets done. And when Democrats are in control of all three branches of government, nothing gets done for some reason when either party is in full control, they just sit around and like in this big circle firing squad and just shoot at each other. It's almost like they're afraid to
0: do anything controversial when they get power because they fear they might lose those marginal elections (laughs) in two years. And then
1: in turn, they lose it. And then in turn, they lose every time it's, it's, it it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. But with, with that, you're looking at the Supreme court and you're trying to figure out well, what mechanism, right? What, what, and, 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 to be fair, I don't know. I'm not being an armchair quarterback. Going well, the Supreme Court should a- appoint a member of the executive branch, a member from the Senate, and a member from the House to be a three-judge panel over whether or not this is ethical, and it has to be the opposite party of the party in power, or it has to be the opposite party of the party that appointed. I don't. I don't know what that rule is. I'm not. I'm. I'm not there. I would. Supreme court. I would love to consult on this. So if you'd like to hire me, my name is Chris Marone. I can be reached at eight, three, one, seven, six, zero, zero, five, one, five. But, um, I don't, I don't know what that is, but I want them as a body of nine or, you know, 27 with their clerks to figure out some way of enforcement of this code of ethics. Cause every other code of ethics, all the way down the line, judges, lawyers, doctors, Accountants, we all have an enforcement mechanism. There is something there. And with, I mean, you're a parent, Joel. You had a code of ethics and conduct for your children. There were consequences if that ethics or conduct was not met. We need something. At a minimum, this is
0: what they could do. I I believe their hands are somewhat tied because of the separation of powers and the the congressional or or the the, the rules under the the Constitution. But what the Supreme Court could do is Roberts could say, look, we are going to have a code of conduct and we are going to investigate ourselves. And we are going to, the one justice will be recused, but then it will go before the other eight and they will make a determination as to whether or not this has been violated. And then they will. I guess do nothing with it but at least they will have made a, de- a determination There's that something. this justice right. violated one of the ethical rules and then if congress wanted to impeach that justice because of that they now have that information that's what congress can do or maybe john right. roberts just says i'm not gonna allow this person to write any more opinions roberts can do that as right. well now they, they still will have a vote but maybe they can take away the power to actually write a majority opinion something from that justice
1: something i mean our founding document says a more perfect union, not a perfect union, a more perfect union. I think that that's what the essence of this country is, is we're trying to perfect democracy every single day. We're taking steps to be a better, allegedly, we're taking steps to be a better democracy and to lead out for the rest of the world as someone who, as some country that really believes in this idea of, you know, a representative government that is answerable to the people, and this code of conduct, though a step, they enforce it. Tell me how you're right, going to enforce. Speaking
0: of forming a more perfect union, Michigan is caught up in a cheating oh. scandal, and the Big Ten has yes. really stepped in it when it tried to discipline in Michigan. So let's oh unpack gosh. what is going on here. I assume you, have, you know what's going on. Uh, coach of Jim course. Harbaugh uh, is the coach of the Michigan Marines. Uh, actually, he's an amazing yep. coach there for Michigan. Uh, Michigan was, he, yeah. people don't remember this. They were in dire straits. They could not find a decent coach. They had losing seasons until they landed on, on Jim Harbaugh. They took him from the NFL. And where did
1: Harbaugh come from?
0: Uh, what team did he leave? I assume he left the 49ers to go coach. San Francisco 49ers. Yes, he actually That's was right. a really good coach. He coached against his brother in the Super Bowl, the first Super Bowl. He did. Uh, brother Super Bowl before the Kelsey's yep. Super Bowl. Uh, brother Super Bowl. Well, so Michigan is caught up in this cheating scandal, but we don't know to what degree Michigan is caught up. In other words, there's absolutely no evidence. And as you and I unpacked last week, there's actually some evidence that Michigan, that the Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh did not know about this sign. Mm-hmm. Sign gate is what I'm going to call it. Um, uh, there's a lot Ooh, of evidence. Okay. for, for starters, it was very shoddily run. I mean, if you're going to send one of your coaches to scout out in person, another team to steal their signs, why would you buy tickets in your own name? That, that just doesn't right. make there's much a, sense to me. Yeah. That's someone on their own to going out and doing this to be better at their job, but there's no evidence that Jim Harbaugh actually knew about sign gate. In fact, it also went on the, um, the the talking heads this last week that oh well look we we see video on the sidelines where this coach that did the 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 advanced scouting and the sign stealing was telling Harbaugh hey they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna rush this they're gonna rush they're gonna rush here as if that's proof that he knew what the other teams the signs were well that's what his job is is to tell Harbaugh what he thinks is going to happen and so I'm not sure that's evidence that Harbaugh knew about Seingate uh that being said the Big Ten, I think, rushed to judgment, and they suspended Jim Harbaugh for the remainder of the regular season. Yep. Chris, the first thought I want to uh, focus on here is that the Big Ten came out with this decision on a Friday late afternoon. I think it was 4 o'clock on a late Friday afternoon, and it was a federal holiday. It was veteran, the day before yep. Veterans Day, and so the course would not even been in session.
1: Right, they could have came out with that opinion Thursday night and the courts we, we, in the court. We were talking about it all week. The,
0: you didn't need to wait yeah. until Friday afternoon at four o'clock.
1: I think, Chris. Oh, I, I do. I. I the reason why know.
0: they waited until Friday afternoon at four o'clock was intentional. They wanted to stop Jim Harbaugh and Michigan's stop their ability to appeal that decision in court. I have a problem with that. If you are forming a true adjudicative role, so you're just trying to to rule on a matter, you don't really care if your decision is appealed. Or not. In fact, I would you would want your decision to be appealed. You see that in court all the time. Some judge makes a decision, this I'm going to stay in my order to allow either side to appeal if they want to. That that's part of the process. A partisan yep. movement. What do I mean by partisan? If you have a if you think that you're you're advocating on one side over the other, a partisan move would be, I'm going to wait until the last minute so you don't have options to appeal this decision. I'm worried about my decision, but I hate you so much. I'm going to try to frustrate your ability to appeal it. Chris, I think this is is undemocratic. I think this is a decision made by the Big Ten to, because they had an agenda, in, they had a dog in this fight. I don't know. I have a problem with yep. the fact they waited until Friday afternoon at 4 o'clock to render its decision.
1: No, I'm, I'm there with you. There's a... There there's a reporter's phrase that Thursday night is trash day because that's when all the stories that different agencies or different organizations don't want you to write about, they dump them all on Friday at four o'clock because there's only X amount of column inches and X amount of airtime that you could dedicate to all of these stories. So they, they take out the trash Friday afternoon and that's exactly what the NCAA did. They waited till Friday afternoon when not a lot of people are paying attention unless you're a college football fan. And they took out the trash and they dumped it out there. They didn't leave them a time to appeal. They didn't leave them a time to do have any sort of answer except to miss the game against Penn State which they still won easily. Yeah. So, uh, it was so, the Big Ten
0: that, that did this. I think the Big Ten was acting very partisan. They had an agenda with this decision, and the timing of this right. decision is very problematic from my perspective. Or Chris. Now let's analyze, yeah. though, what Michigan did. So Michigan filed uh, in local county court there in Michigan. Um, okay. Washtenaw County uh, court is in front of Judge Carol Kanuki. I might be butchering that. I apologize oh. if I do. Sorry, judge. And now this matter is before uh, the, this county judge. Let's let's just kind of analyze, I'll offer our legal expertise right. to what is going on here. Let's I actually it. litigate in this area. What I'm talking about is temporary restraining order. So Michigan is seeking a TRO in this case. What is that in this context? Well, let me just help and see if I can explain it here really quickly. Mm-hmm. A normal lawsuit, Chris, would you not agree with me? Probably takes two years, but time wow. when you file the case to when a, a decision is reached by the court, it's a one to two year process. Is that fair?
1: I mean, one is fast. Right. So yeah. yeah, I would say- So yeah, there, there's some situations
0: sure. where you're going to go to court and say, your honor, we can't wait the normal time process. Because if you make us wait right. two years, it, the water is going to be under the bridge. The, the damage is going to be done. Right. We need you to rule right now- Give us a TRO, a temporary restraining order, so you can rule on this matter right now, and then we'll let the trial play out afterwards. But if you don't take a quick look at this, well, it's going to be too late. There's four factors when the court will issue a TRO. The first factor is likelihood of success on the merits. Yep. So it has to be likely that you are going to, to prevail on the legal merits of this case. Which is a low right. bar
1: which is a very low bar.
0: Well, let's hold off on that. Okay. The, the the second prong is going to be irreverable harm. So you mm-hmm. must actually suffer some kind of irreverable harm. What does that mean? Well, basically it means um, not money damages. So basically usually in a legal proceeding, you're saying I'm suing you for money. My car was damaged. You pay me X amount of dollars and my car will get fixed. So it's da- money. Dollars can fix your problem, but sometimes Money can't fix the problem. And and so like here, if he's not able to coach this game, there never will be this game again. It's not going to, they're not going to come back and replay this game. So money can't fix it. I'm suffering irreparable harm. There was a famous uh, Supreme court case called L. Rod v. Burns, where they said the loss of constitutional rights, the first amendment rights constitutes irreparable harm. And and so uh, it's like, if you lose the right to free speech, you can't make that up later on by nope. getting a couple of bucks. So you have to have irreparable harm. Now, Chris, what you said earlier was it's a low bar for the first element. Yeah, I, I have a little bit of a, a, a nuanced position on that. Okay. It's, it's a it's an evolving um, okay. uh, bar. In other All words, right. the more harm you can show, the less you have to show on likelihood of success on the merits. The less irreparable harm you show, the more you have to show you're going to succeed on the merits. Okay. For example, let's say that the harm you're facing is the death penalty. You've been given the death penalty. And you want to say, hey, look, court, you need to rule right now because if not, I'm going to die. All right, know this is a little bit out of context, but it, no, no, it no. proves my point. If that's the harm you're facing, the electrocution chair. The likelihood of success of the merits is a little bit lower because we're going to say, you know, you don't have to prove as much because the harm is so great. So it's an evolving. It's very much a changing standard. The more likely you are to succeed on the merits, well, maybe the less you have to prove when it comes to irreparable harm. Right. The third and fourth factors aren't really that important. They're like the, the, the harm you are going to face as the moving party outweighs the harm the defendants are going to face. And then lastly, it has to be the, the granting of the injunction has to be in the public's interest. Mm-hmm. So this case is going to come down to. Likely of success on the merits as compared to the harm right. that um, Jim Harbaugh in Michigan is going to face. Any thoughts here on how this Michigan County judge will rule on this matter?
1: Well, I think the irreparable harm is the lack of due process. It is the fact that Harbaugh can't coach his team during what's upcoming the, the latter half of the season, which Michigan is top ranked in the nation. I think that's going to be negated a little bit because they did win so handily against Penn State. But also, I don't know if the judge is as dedicated to the college football scene as we are. So they don't know that Penn State was probably a good victory or not. Now, hold on. For, Let's take a look at Michigan. this judge
0: here because I'm afraid you just engaged in some kind of um judgmental discrimination. I don't oh, know. Uh, and so the first judge that was put on this case was a former Michigan football player.
1: Yeah, you got to get them out of there. The, he un, recused un, himself. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look. The second... <laughs> there's a mechanism to make sure there isn't impropriety perceived. There you go. Weird. And that would
0: be a situation where <laughs> impropriety would be perceived. He recused himself. All right. So then Carol took over. And Carol Kuntke. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also is a Michigan alum, but she went to art school. So your assumption is if you went to art school, you probably are not big on the football program. I don't know about that. But that being said... Here's my take on this. If that is the judge. Yep. I did some research, Chris, and I found out that these county judges, they face elections. Yes. And so
1: is that going to play into this? Probably. As someone who's worked on many judicial elections, the answer is no. Like people don't look down ballot at the judges and where they went to school and all that stuff. It's usually just a coronation. They put a – unless it's a like an open seat that two lawyers are running for to be judge judicial elections are usually a snooze fest, but I'd also like is a
0: nonpartisan election. This is not a retention vote. This is a, who should be the judge, this candidate or this candidate. And if she ruled against the university of Michigan and cost them a spot in the, in the playoffs and they lost to Ohio state because of it.
1: Yeah. I don't uh, know. I'm throwing it out there, but I also got to think, How many judges in this county, and I didn't look to see the size of the county, but I'm going to assume it's not ginormous, um, went to Michigan, right? That's got to be right. (laughs) Well, and I I look here, right? How many judges in Phoenix went to ASU Law? Like ninety percent of them. So it's going to be hard pressed if you're doing a case where you're dealing with the football team that those that at least ninety percent of the judges there. Um, went to that school. So then when one recuses themselves, do you, does the, the PJ, the presiding judge, go over and say, All right, everybody who went to Ohio State and Penn State and you know, Michigan State, you guys are the judges I have to choose from to rule against you know, or to rule on this TRO. So I think
0: I would not want to be this judge come next election. Yeah. If this judge ruled against Michigan and Michigan lost to Ohio state and cost themselves a position in the CFP, I am just suggesting that's not right. going to be a good look for her next election, but I, but I agree with you. That probably is yeah. not going to impact her, her resulting decision. Let, let's, let's, right. let's analyze the actual merits of this case. So we have the irreparable harm. We're going to set that to the side. Right. Uh, I, I think the issue is, well, is there, do you, do you have an argument here? I mean, is this a valid argument? Now, Chris, I, at the outset, courts are very reluctant to mm-hmm. get themselves into someone else's squabble. In other words, right. if, if you have Michigan and you have the Big Ten, those are two big boys who have lawyers, they're all lawyered up. It's not oh. like you're one side is being taken advantage of, right? right. We have some lowly employee who can't fight. The big, you know, yeah. uh, employment yeah, situation, you know, big corporation. Yeah, this is University of Michigan and the Big Ten. They have lawyers. In fact, one of them has a law school, so they can defend themselves and take care of themselves in the public's eye. So
1: there's a lot of law know, schools and, in the Big Ten. So the Big Ten probably has 12 law schools, and Michigan right. has a law school. So, yeah. So should
0: go. this court really be sticking its nose into how this other? group manages its affairs in the collective bargaining agreement the courts are very reluctant to to step in and say look hey nfl players union i don't like this decision but you guys agreed to give each other these powers right if you have a disagreement amongst how these powers should be dispersed deal with it at during your next collective bargaining uh agreement negotiations yeah uh we're not going to get involved there's that thought there that the court should say we're not going to get involved we'll just let michigan and the big 10
1: fight this out out of court, right? Do you see
0: some merit to that argument?
1: Yeah. Yes and no. Right. The The fact is that the harm is going to come so quickly and the big 10 and the NCAA are going to stall so longingly that it's going to become a moot point, right? Harbaugh and Michigan needed relief now. And I think that if the big 10 would have had, would not have released it on trash day, right. they would have like waited till the middle of the week, like, or announced it on Monday and said, Hey, Harbaugh, we're going to suspend you for the next three games. The Big Ten in in Michigan could have had conferences. They could have had appeals processes. They could have had a lot of things. But since they did it on a Friday afternoon before a football game, the Big Ten stepped in this one. And I think the court is like, why do you have to be such a douche? Why can't you just act right? And now we got to be here.
0: I do think the Big Ten stepped in it. So the way I under the way I analyze this case, it, um, i I, I, have, I have one argument that I like, one argument that I do not like. I do not like the argument that says, Hey, Big Ten, you did not follow your own rules and procedures or you, you acted hastily. In other yeah. words, that argument was made by Michigan. Hey, look, these other schools are doing sign stealing as well. They even pointed out how a couple of universities actually exchanged their notes, which would have been in a form of advanced scouting. That's the right. same thing. So whatever punishment you render here, you also should render it there. You're being a little bit short sighted right. by not considering all the different factors. Well, Yeah, but I don't think the court's really going to be that impressed with that. It's like if the Big Ten is hurting itself, that's the Big Ten hurting itself. They're allowed to have crappy rules to a large part. Um, You know, uh, The precedent that that they're setting for future situations, again, that's on the Big Ten. That's something they're going to have to deal with. Maybe some schools will want to leave the Big Ten and go to the mighty Big 12. I don't don't know. know. That's not really for this court to to deal with. I think that argument I don't think holds a lot of um, water.
1: No, I I, but, I agree. The and that's the point, right? That's the point of collective bargaining. That's the point of Big Ten NCAA is to figure out your own stuff, right? The, the argument are for that real I do people. like,
0: right? The argument that I I do like is the argument that if, if Michigan can say, look, you are unfairly treating us because you've treated all yep. these other schools differently. Here's what I mean by that: Michigan has made the argument that the Big Ten lacks the discipline power. Well, do they or Don't they? In other words, have they disciplined other coaches? Have they suspended other coaches for what they consider to be uh, violators of their rules? Well, if so, and Michigan participated in those decisions or didn't bellyache or squawk then, well, maybe you could say that the Big Ten actually has that power. If they have never done this before, never disciplined a coach or suspended a coach, Well, that's going to help Michigan's argument there. And so then I think the court might step in and say, yeah, due process was not followed here. And we need to set this for future hearings. Come on, Chris. All all you need is one extension here. And then Michigan wins, right? Right. One extension gets this past the CFP deadline.
1: Yeah, essentially. And that's part of of the argument, right? Uh, Big Ten dropped this right before to screw the CFP. (laughs) They did. They they was intentional
0: on the timing of it.
1: It's just hard, yeah. (laughs)
0: I don't get why Michigan acted, why the Big Ten acted so quickly. I just don't understand that. Right. Let the process play out. Why would the right, rush right. to judgment?
1: Well, and it's well, rush to judgment because the CFP, right? That's that's the rush to judgment. Rush to judgment is to say, hey, you know, we're 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 in control here, and Harbaugh did what was wrong, and so we're going to suspend him. And it's, you know, maybe they don't want it to go to the full NCAA board. Maybe they don't want to. I don't know. I, dude, I do yeah. not
0: understand this because the the big 10 seems to make money. In fact, they would want two teams in the CFP. They're not trying to hurt Michigan. They're trying to, and you can say, Oh, they're trying to help Ohio state. Well, okay. But and then yeah. they're also hurting Michigan. Let the winner of that game. then go to the CFP and make the conference millions of dollars. So I don't really understand what the big 10 is doing here. Why the rush to judgment, but Hey, we're going to follow this case as it happens. Right.
1: And, right. And what, what, I mean, what, what do they lose by doing due process correctly? Right? They, they would lose time. And so this would be decided
0: at the right. end. And arguably, right. Chris, now the cheater wins. If they cheated, And that helped them this season. Well, now they're going to say, oh, if all you're going to really do is suspend me for the first two games, we'll just make sure we schedule some patsies next year. It's not going to be that big of a deal. If you punish us at the end of the season, that's much more harsh. It's when our big rivalry games are, we're going to feel that. And so now we're going to make sure we follow our rules throughout the year. So I do think that a punishment at the end of the year is is much more harsh than at the beginning of the year.
1: Right. That that makes sense. That makes sense. I'll go with that. All
0: right. Yeah. Chris, it's now time to make a segue to our courtroom quarterback I love segment.
1: this. I love It's my favorite part of the week, man.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I did not have a good transition for that. We've been talking about sports this entire podcast. There really isn't a transition to talk about sports without the law attached to it, but that's what right. this part of the podcast is. And so, I don't know, let's start here, Chris. I did a... A top five ranking of NFL teams last week, you and did. um I think it's fair to say that ranking did not live very long. Right, uh, and so my, I think three of the five teams all lost in horrendous fashion this last week. Yeah, was not was not good. So not good. I have a I have a new list here. My number five on my list is. Cincinnati as compared to the the Ravens.
1: How are you going to put a five and four team at number five on your list? But you know, you do you. (laughs) You
0: You do you. What kind of nonsense is that?
1: Look, man, like (laughs) we, we, we have given Cincinnati and Buffalo such a wide berth to say, no, you're a powerhouse AFC team. Wide berth. Let's go. We're 10 <laughs> weeks into the season. 10 I weeks. Know. And they are both at or below 50%. They
0: it, it was hard. So here's what I did. I have a top four that I think are unassailable. I, okay. I don't think anyone can argue with my top four. After that, I didn't know who to put in number five. I mean, it was, it was was I was at loss. Right. Do I put Miami in at number five? Well, Miami just lost to the Chiefs. And I don't think Miami scares me at all because they don't know how to play Defense or playing crucial moments. I've yet to beat a winning team, so I didn't put Miami there. Buffalo, no shot. No. Jacksonville got blown out of home by, you know, 100 points. I can't put Jacksonville there. But then I came to this. I put the Ravens in at number five because I had to put someone in. at no, number No, you five.
1: put the Bengals in at number five, not the Ravens. I know, I know. So I, I oh, put okay. the Ravens in at number oh, okay. five.
0: And then the Ravens play Cincinnati this week. Okay. And then I thought, okay, well, who's going to win that game? Who do I really think is going to win between Cincinnati and the Ravens? And I thought, Cincinnati's going to win that game. I, I don't see the Ravens beating Cincinnati. So how could I put the Ravens ahead of Cincinnati? In my heart of hearts, I'm thinking this week's game, there's no way the Ravens are going to beat Cincinnati. So that's why I then put Cincinnati, I crossed out the Ravens and put in Cincinnati. But you know what? We're going to find out on Thursday yeah. <laughs> whether or I'm not like,
1: I am crazy or if I'm onto something. You know what? I'm going to trust you so much, Joel, that I will change my pick that game from the Ravens to the Bengals. No. Because of your absolute list of top five.
0: You know what? This is going to just show how much, as a Kansas City fan, <laughs> I fear the Cincinnati because they beaten us. They beat us the first three times Mahomes faced them. Yep. they cost us dearly. I, I can't just—I can't get that out of my mind. And so I, yeah, but my, my judgment homes- is warped here. But if you want to follow a person with warped judgment, that's going to be on you.
1: Yep. Well. Yeah. I, yeah.
0: All right. So that was how I came to that number five spot. But okay. I will admit, I have no idea who belongs in that number five spot. Right. All right. Number four. I'm going to put Detroit.
1: Okay. I'm here for this.
0: Detroit is really. Uh, we did a podcast several weeks ago where I said, who doesn't even have a shot at the Super Bowl? And I put Detroit in that group that does not have a shot at the Super Bowl. Wow, was that stupid? I should have known better because Detroit beat my Kansas City Chiefs, but they look good. They are on a roll. They are seven and two. They are winning. And maybe they should be even higher. I don't know. But I have Detroit at number four.
1: Right. I love that. That is a great right. pick. Dark dark horse.
0: Number three, moving on up from previously being unranked. So last week, by the way, number four was Jacksonville. I had to throw them out. Number three last week was the Ravens. I had to drop them. Not in my rankings last week, but now sitting at number three is San Francisco. How could you not put San Francisco in at number three? Here's my main reason that I'm going to let you uh, glow the fact I'm taking your boys there. San Fran, they lost three games in a row. They did. All right. Really, it was only two, because the first game there, they actually lined up for a 40-yard field goal to win the game, and they missed that field goal. So that's excusable. that's not really on the team. Right. When you line up for a 40-yard field goal to win the game, you should win that game. Yep. All right, give them a break. So they lost two to three in a row. They have a young quarterback. They're learning things. And and was it Dablo? What's his name? Dablo Sweeney. So he was injured. He was, he was yep. out. That he is a reason why I'm going to assume he is going to be healthy for this postseason run, the end of the year run. And so he was back, and San Francisco was back with a flurry as they destroyed previously uh, number three, Jacksonville. I forget the, the score, but I think it was like 35 to three, some insane number like mm-hmm. that. So San
1: Fran is, a, is my number three team. You, you know, I'm, I'm good with that because I know what your number two and number one are going to be. I don't know. Unchanged you... from last week. Yeah. Chiefs number two, affiliate number one. Um, right. Which is a given, right? We we don't we don't need to have that discussion too much because it, it's where it's at. But man, the rebound of Brock Purdy after those three losses, that that bye week that the Niners needed so bad played really well. Like they did. They they reset, they hit that button, they brought on uh they brought Chase back, so now Bosa and Chase are sitting there on our outsides, and that's gonna be just vicious. Coming into the rest of the season, just what I mean, the way that Jacksonville's offense folded under the pressure of those two gentlemen, those
0: regal, regal gentlemen, was amazing. I I like Jacksonville, but how do I, how do you excuse away that home loss? I mean, that's not a close loss, that was a blowout of epic proportions and. And I don't know if, if I can ever put Jacksonville back in my top ten. But all right. So what obviously number two and number one, Chiefs Philly, which hey, this is the great thing about this week. We got some great games this oh, week. Yeah. I already told you at number five, Cincinnati's gonna be playing the Ravens on Thursday night. So hey, Prime, you finally got a good game to air. Finally. So kudos to you. Don't fumble the ball on this one. But then next Monday night, yeah. the Chiefs a, versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Unfortunately, Taylor Swift will not be in
1: attendance. Yep. What
0: an amazing game
1: right the eight and one chiefs the seven or the seven and two chiefs and the eight and one Eagles you got Brother V brother, Mama Kelsey's gonna be there Daddy Kelsey's gonna be there. It's gonna be a good time and I love this I love it this is both a, a
0: this is both a Super Bowl review and a Super Bowl preview as I think this is gonna be the two teams is I was talking with this with Wendy. is there any other teams that you might put in the Super Bowl this year?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean I would say San Francisco is a contender again this year. I I'm not going to say much from the the AFC like because I would say oh Buffalo or oh oh Cincinnati but I'm not there anymore right that that ship that ship has sailed do I think Miami is going to make a good run and and head that direction and that's going to be an amazing AFC championship game of Tua versus Mahomes yeah yeah but it's not going to be Tua in the Super Bowl. Now, of course,
0: injuries can change everything, but we're assuming no. Because if Mahomes goes down with an injury, we're we're changing everything we just said. So we get that. But if we don't have injuries and the Chiefs are at full strength, they're not losing to Miami. No. They're not losing to Buffalo. They're not losing to Jacksonville. Cincinnati scares the heck out of me. But right now, as the season is today, Cincinnati is not even in the playoffs. Right. So, you know, we don't have to worry about Cincinnati. You Um,
1: you know what my. I, I remember us talking last year, I, you know, every once in a while I go back and review some of our casts from, from years back. And we used to talk about at least two years in a row. Now we talked about how the AFC playoff bracket was such a gauntlet, right? You had the three, the, the big three, right? Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Kansas city. And it's like, wh- whoever makes it. Cause usually Kansas city was at one. Right. So Buffalo would have to play Cincinnati and for Cincinnati to win a super bowl, they'd have to go through Buffalo, through Kansas City, and then through over was on the NFC. And last year, we even talked about how the NFC was like a walk-on into the Super Bowl because it was such a weak division. Man, have the tables turned.
0: Yes. Like, so I,
1: I left out. Who do you think is the biggest
0: omission from my, my list here? Because I left out Dallas. Is that a problem? I didn't even consider no. Dallas at the number of, I did consider them at the five spot. But then I no. said, you know what? They're the Cowboys. They've let me down every single time I pulled for them. Well, and look at, twice.
1: let's look at the Cowboys win record versus the Cowboys like loss record. The Cowboys beat the giants without, without Daniel, um, without, um, I can't <laughs> right. think of the quarterback's name right now. Daniel,
0: Daniel Jones, but more to your point, who cares? They beat the giants. Right.
1: Come on. They beat the Rams. They beat the chargers. Like they're not, they're losing to Philly. They're losing to San Francisco. They, right,
0: the big right. games
1: they don't show up for. Right. They're the Alabama of the NFL, right? They have this cakewalk sort of schedule, and we call them great. And when it comes to big teams, they lose out big. So good, yeah, good Dallas, point. Dallas is six and three. I got it. But you know who else is six and three right now? The Steelers. You know who else they, is six and three right now? The um the Jaguars and. Uh the Dolphins and now let's talk
0: about the, the Steelers. The Browns. I wanted to, right yeah the Browns actually do scare me a little bit, but the Steelers, I, I I worried, I thought about them at number five, but here's why I didn't put them in because they I think had the best coach in the NFL. I think Mike, Mike Tom, Tomlin is absolutely amazing. I think he's almost too good for his own benefit because right. he can't get decent draft picks. They don't have a quarterback, they're not gonna no. win in the postseason with pick it as their quarterback that's not a possibility this is like the marty schottenheimer era team where they're gonna play great defense play great ball control whatever but they don't have that stud at qb i I don't see them winning in the postseason
1: i would love to see a chiefs Steelers afc championship game that would be good that would be a fun afc championship game i would like that all right because i love mike tomlin right i think mike tomlin is a first ballot hall of fame coach no no quorums about it absolutely no quorums about it um but, man, it would it would be fun. It would yes. be fun. All right, so any other teams that should jump
0: out at you that I should have put in there? Well, let me, actually, let me, let's me let call that thought. Now I have three storylines for you, four storylines, and which one, I want you to explain this to me. Okay. And, and which one is the more outrageous uh, position? The Vikings right now. Oh, my God. They're the six, Vikings.
1: They're six and three, aren't they?
0: Six and four. They are in the playoffs. Right. They were one and four left for dead because Kirk cousins went down with injury after they already started their comeback. They then lose their, their stud quarterback. Right. Jefferson, their stud receiver goes down with a right. hamstring pulley against the chiefs. They were one and four. And now they've won five straight and sitting at six and four near the top of the NFC. Is that a shock?
1: No. Remember last year, Right, the Vikings have a, a one. They have a great fan base. Minnesota fans are amazing, uh, up there with Buffalo, right? They are absolutely great. But okay. two, it's this this idea that, and I and I think they exemplify it really well is this money ball idea. They're not looking for the Patrick Mahomes because they're not going to get it. They're a small market team, right? They're not going to get the the Joe Burrows or the the you know. They're gonna they're gonna have to do kind of the Brock Purdy thing. And you also have to find a quarterback that meets with their culture that understands that they're not gonna be an MVP candidate. They're not gonna get accolades. They're gonna get pissed on by every commentator from you know from Georgia to to Chicago and all the way across the globe that they, they're gonna look at the Vikings and they're gonna be the under they could be right, they can win the rest of their games and they can go like 15 and three. Right and or you know fourteen 15 and, three, and two. 15 and two, they can win the rest of their games. And commentators are still going to say, "Man, Minnesota is trash. Minnesota <laughs> right. is absolute trash." But you got to get guys in there that are super resilient. That's what I've loved about Kirk Cousins the entire time is the guy is absolutely resilient. He's got his family that he's based in. He's got his friends. He's got his. But fan he's also base. on
0: the sidelines out for the rest of the year. Right. So, but
1: Josh Dobbs is the same way, right? If you look at Josh Dobbs, like his career looks like. a a moving man, right? He's played for eight teams in eight years or something like that.
0: No word yet. If Josh Dobbs also shops at Kohl's for his clothes, like cousins did probably, does. but all right. So you're not surprised by the Vikings, six and four record. What about this one? then? The Broncos are four and five after consecutive wins over Kansas city and Buffalo. Is this not the same team that got blown out? 70 to 20.
1: Is that, does that surprise you? Oh, very much so very much so the Broncos are definitely a because the Broncos again did not win that game Buffalo lost that game right like the guy missed a field goal oh we're gonna do a penalty Josh can't count to 11 like there's just like the <laughs> the, the the handoff fumble like it, it would have been the same thing if when the Eagles were playing um gosh when the Eagles were was it playing the Cowboys? Where they just kept giving, almost giving the Cowboys. Yeah, when the Eagles right. beat the Cowboys, the, the Eagles were giving away the game to the Cowboys. It was, it was pass interference after holding, after offsides, after pass interference to move the Cowboys down the field for them to have a potential win. But, so I don't think the Broncos won that. They won against the Chiefs, and I'm sorry for that. But they didn't, right, so- they didn't win against a Buffalo. Buffalo just lost that game.
0: I do agree that Buffalo lost the game. Wow. I was thinking about that, like how great the Broncos did. But then all of a sudden I realized, hold on a second. Wait a minute. Do I really fear the Broncos? Because, no. well, first of all, they're not making the postseason. But secondly, they placed, played a Buffalo team that I think had five turnovers, four or five turnovers, and then still lost the game because they can't count to 12. And, and so, yeah, I'm not sure that's that impressive of a win. But still, the Broncos are four and five. They are and four I did five. not see that one coming. How about this one go Seattle is Seattle. The most uninspiring six and three team in the NFL, because I thought they even had a losing record. Now I looked at the standings
1: there. They are at six and three, right? It's weird. It's it, Seattle's never in the conversation. And honestly, they're not in my conversation either. And maybe they should be right. Let's maybe we should be looking at these six and three teams and, and trying to figure out That's what a good record. What's? Yeah. It's a great record. Let's see what it looks like towards the end of the season though. Like you can pop off really good. You can have a good start, but if you don't finish strong, which I think is our argument for Buffalo and Cincinnati is that they're going to finish strong. They're not starting strong. They're not strong in the middle, but they're going to finish strong and it's going to count because they're going to sneak into the playoffs and then they're going to dominate. So lastly
0: here, is this shocking to you that if the season ended today, both Cincinnati and Buffalo would not make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me because we've watched them play every week. We're past halfway, so there's not just the beginning of the season. Right. And those two good
0: teams that we thought were Super Bowl contenders are not even going to be playing in the postseason. And so, um,
1: you know, what do us and every other NFL analyst in this world know? Like, everybody's like Buffalo, Cincinnati, and we're like Buffalo, Cincinnati. And now we're like Jacksonville, (laughs) Detroit, (laughs) Miami. Like, yeah, it's it's yep. and this, this is the love of football, right? This is what makes it so fun and enjoyable is that any given Sunday, any team can win. And
0: that is true. And that's why I'm saying, look, the more things change, the more things that stay the same. So right. Kansas City fans just chillax a little bit because right. as long as Mahomes stays healthy, yep. they're going to be there at the end because I mean, it's Mahomes. As long as he's healthy, there's who else is out there in the AFC this right. year? And do they really scare you? No. I don't know.
1: I, I, Kenny, Pickett. I think it's, Kenny Pickett is coming for you.
0: Yeah, not worried about that at all. All right, <laughs> let's get to our picks here. Last week, right. I think it's fair to say that both you and I kind of fell for the sucker bets. I know oh, I man. did. I said, "Oh, Giants seventeen point seventeen <laughs> point dog." That's a great pick. Wow, mm. forty nine to seventeen, the Giants lost to the uh, the Dallas Cowboys again. Don't look like at that and then say, "Hey, Dallas is a good team." No, that's no. not the takeaway. No, from that us. is Dallas. not the takeaway. It's just that bad, and I fell for that sucker butt bet. Yep. The other sucker bet I fell for was Oklahoma State was a two-and-a-half point favorite over UCF. So Oklahoma State was at the top of the Big 12. They had yeah. beaten K-State and KU. They were highly ranked. This was a good team. UCF was nothing. They, were getting, they got blown out by like 40 points to KU, some insane number like that. I think two and a half points. What am I missing here? This is the easiest bet of my
1: lifetime. Do you know the final score of that game was? I do not, but it was sad.
0: 45 to three UCF throttles Oklahoma state. How? I have no idea how UCF did that, but apparently I missed something. I thought that was the easy bet. And wow, was I wrong? Thank goodness. I do not bet a lot of money.
1: Yeah. Good. Solid, solid, solid decisions.
0: All right, so let me go over my picks for this week. I do not feel good about any of these. I looked over the the college slate of games. Couldn't Uh find a single pick that I liked. So I'm not picking any college games this week. I am taking Cincinnati plus three and a half over the Ravens. So here, Ravens are favored. And I just, I am not a big fan of the Ravens. I do know that during the regular season, they are amazing. But we're already hitting the stretch run, which means... Lamar is going to start getting dinged up. He's going to start getting tired. And I just have to feel that fourth quarter of Lamar is going to show up here in the fourth quarter of the season. I'm taking Cincinnati plus the three and a half.
1: All right. I love that.
0: Steelers plus three and a half over the Browns. Again, the Steelers are going to be a dog. I'm going to take that one. I worry Great. about this one because I do think the Browns have a good quarterback. He's finding his sea legs and um, Steelers, they're Mike Tomlin. So I got to take the underdog in this one.
1: I love this. I love this. I, uh, Char- same
0: Chargers minus three over the Packers. Okay. What else do you have to say other than it's the Packers? They it's, are yeah. they're a floundering team right now, and yeah. Chargers are going to be a desperate team. Sometimes, Chris, you got to vote. You got to bet the desperation. If a team is a good team, and this is a do or die situation, they right. come with a different level of intensity in the NFL. I think the Chargers are at that point in this. The Packers are done, so I don't think the Packers even care. They're packing it up. Yep. Chargers are going to be desperate. I think they're going to cover that three points uh, spread. Okay. Seattle over the Rams. Why? Because I don't understand Seattle. They are six and three. I don't get them, but if I can have an even money game for them to win, I'm going to take Seattle I don't, uh, for the win.
1: I don't understand how the Rams are three and six and Seahawks are six and three and Rams are still the favorite.
0: It's basically a pick em.
1: I don't get. it. I don't understand. Like, w- even in, even in a pickup game, it should be Seattle plus two and a half. Yeah. Right. Seattle should not be the underdogs against a team that is three and six.
0: Well, I have here. Seattle actually is the one point favorite, but still, it's uh, it's basically oh. even up.
1: I got I got here. I got Rams are the favorite by, but it's even. Right. It's Rams negative one. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I mean, um, it's an even game, but it's like, how, wow, wow, like. You can't even give them the 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 Seahawks plus Yahoo. What's up Yahoo? You can't give the Seahawks plus one? What's up DraftKings? Vikings yeah. two
0: and a half point favorite. Oh no no, Vikings are a two and a half point dog over Denver. So now yeah. Denver is the favorite. Am I reading that right? Right.
1: That yeah, that's going to be an easy pick for me as well.
0: I'm taking the Vikings to yeah. I get two and a half points. I think the Vikings are going to win that game. Yeah, uh, I think they win that. So right. Two and a half points. I'm going to do it. Finally, I'm going to take the Chiefs over Philly. Why? Mm. Because you can't you you got it. pick this game. You got this it. A Super Bowl preview and review. Got I'm it. taking Chiefs. Why? I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, but I have no analysis here. I think the Chiefs will be dialed in for this game. Mm hmm. They got to be. Why are the Chiefs the favorite playing Philadelphia at Philadelphia?
1: I thought it's, in, it's at Kansas City, isn't
0: it? Oh, is it Kansas City? Okay.
1: Yeah. Right, yeah, it's at Kansas the City. Then.
0: There you yeah. go. Yeah, All right, Chiefs. That. Jeez, it. My, it didn't even phase me. I just looked at the Chiefs. I'm picking the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, don't even look at it. Don't look at the numbers. Don't pay attention. It's a big
0: game. I'm telling you what. Chiefs play different. I worry more about the Chiefs playing Denver than I do the Chiefs playing Philadelphia on a Monday right. night. Exactly. The Chiefs are going to show up on Monday night against Philadelphia. They will bring their A games. They will not bring their A game against Denver, and it showed. But they yeah. will show up for this game.
1: For sure. All right, man. I got similar picks. I got Vikings over Broncos reasons, obviously. I'm gonna go with Jets plus seven over the Bills. That's how much my, my my uh trust in the Bills has wavered. I'm gonna go with Niners plus, or I'm gonna go with Niners minus eleven over the Buccaneers.
0: Well, I don't get that one. That's a huge spread. But, yes.
1: but look at the spread. Like, so let's have this discussion, right? The Niners, in every winning game that they have played, have won by at least um, they have scored at least 30 points in every game that they have won by. Interesting. And, it, and the games that they have lost by, they all scored 17 in all three games. Right? So the Niners are still putting up decent numbers. Whereas the Buccaneers, they're not putting up great numbers. In all of their losses, they're still – they've lost by they, – they scored six points. They've scored 13 points. Um, granted, the Houston game, it was 37-39. That's kind of an outlier. And to beat Tennessee, they've only scored 20. There's been at no point has Tampa Bay, outside of their one outlier in a loss to Houston, have they even come close to 30 points. So Brock Purdy, coming back off of that, he's going to score at least 30, in my opinion, and and go from there. And I like so, that
0: analysis. San Fran over the Bucks.
1: Yeah, that's where I'm at with that. that. That's actually one that I gave like time and energy into, if you can't tell. Um, this one, out of just spite, out of pure spite, and I'm going to lose this one, so kids don't do spite. I'm going to pick a uh, Carolina Panthers over the Dallas Cowboys just out of pure spite. Cowboys are favored by negative 10.5. I think they're going to have a big head after beating the, uh, the uh, giants, the handily way they did with, and I look, I love CD lamb and I think he's an absolute amazing receiver, but I just want the Cowboys to lose. Yes. That's where I'm at. Pure spite. Um, I'm passing on the Dolphins game because even though the Dolphins are a a negative 12 favorite, that's just, that's just not something I'm ready to go with yet, but I am ready to go with the lions over the bears. Lions, lions,
0: bears are like lions
1: and bears. Lions are a minus nine favorite going with the lions and bears. And I'm just going to avoid Cincinnati and Baltimore altogether. I'm just going to push that game to the side and just enjoy watching.
0: Is this um, um Thanksgiving, Lions and Bears? That should be a Thanksgiving. They, they're a week be, early they, on that game. They
1: are a week early on that game. That I mean, both the Lions and the Bears play on Thanksgiving.
0: Hey, speaking of Thanksgiving, it's right around the corner here. I already right. bought my turkeys. I bought my ham. I, we are actually going to do Thanksgiving dinner here this Sunday at my house. So, Ooh. hey, Chris, if you're in the area, come on over for some to. good smoked turkey.
1: Hey, Thanksgiving preview, Niners Seahawks commanders cowboys and packers lions there you go i love cannot it. wait
0: for football on thanksgiving
1: it's gonna be fabulous
0: all right chris hey have a great week and we'll see you next week and go big red see you next week joel